Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation, and we're live at Three Nations Brewery in Carrollton, Texas for part two of our season review show. In this episode, we'll be focusing on SC Dallas season. So let's start with our own contributor roundtable. We've already talked to Armand Kafai, Jonathan Ross, and sitting down with us now is my brother-in-law, my friend, the reason this podcast exists. Aww. He's currently on podcast paternity leave as he adjusts to life with his third kid, a new baby boy, who somehow escaped being named after Arsene Wenger or Thierry Henry. He's Tristan Vick. How's it going, Tristan? It's going great. My kid's name is Jackson. <laughs> his name is not Henri. But no. he will be at the Montreal FC game now that we signed Henri to the MLS we, team. Now that we've signed him? It's a single entity system, Dustin. Okay. I don't know if you're aware he of the got financial you. He got workings. You. He got you be right there. It's all right. one family in the MLS. <laughs> For those of you who aren't here, you didn't see the the tear go down Dustin's face as he introduced Tristan, you know, and the you could the, the heartfelt warmth you could see. It's a bro love, bro love. That's right. Hi, I'm, Armand. I'm really, I'm really cold, guys. I'm Armand, about you, but I'm, I'm really freezing. glad that you're here. Yeah, it's it's really cold up it here. It is very cold. It's very cold, but no, we we we've seen all the ratings. We've seen all the reviews. We've talked about the 2019 season a lot. We've all watched it. Jonathan, you've watched it. You were there last game of the season. That's right. You were there. You got Reggie Cannon's last jersey. Potentially, I, I mean, potentially. No, I, we don't I know. I got so. Reggie Cannon's last jersey for this year. For, he, he, he'll be back. I could tell. Oh, he, when, when he signed it, he gave me a look in the eye. I just kind of knew he'd be back. No, he gave you a look? Yeah, it was you know, a little glimmer. It was, it was a special moment. He tried to hold my hand, but then I realized he was actually grabbing for the pen. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and Dustin, we, we've watched it, obviously. But guys, jumping into this segment, can we just can we just grade the season? I mean, I know we've graded it multiple times, and we've seen it on multiple websites. I've done it, you've done it, you've done it, you've done it. But let's let's talk it out. What would you give FC Dallas' 2019 season on a grading scale that I, I would use in college? And anyone can start. I don't care. Well, Armand's looking at me, so I guess yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, staring at I you guess, right now. I, I think it's I'm just staring. because he's standing, and you know Tristan's between us, and for some reason he's uh, he's cuddled up, uh, sitting down. But um, <laughs> he's, he's cowering for warmth. <laughs> he's cowering. It's cold, Smart. man. It's, it's cold. cold. Yes. I'm going to sit. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm gonna go with I'm going with a, kind of a I'm gonna go with a B minus. So going into the season, brand new coach. Some new players, right? We had a, a couple of signings you know, going into the year. Uh, I think everybody had an expectation that if they made the playoffs, I think that would be a good year, right? And I think mm-hmm. I think we saw that. I think we saw the growth of some of the younger players. For me, it's not about the outcome. The reason why I'm, I'm giving it a, a B- minus is not based on the standings. It's the fact that uh, we didn't bring in any reinforcements mid-year, or, or FC Dallas didn't. And so... To, to me, yes, we got some young players that got experience, but we we didn't learn as much as we could have this year. And so going into next year, it's almost like, I mean, is it another reboot? Right? Are you I don't know. I don't again? know. I don't think so. It can't be. I mean, it's not a complete reboot because now you've seen what Lucci wants to do, right? Um, and some and some ideas. But I mean, we had we had a when Lucci got introduced. Who who here live streamed the Lucci intro press conference? I was there. I was there. I was and there. And who here was like, what the hell did we just do? 
I'm raising my hand. I don't know. I was happy. But then they sat down with Gina and gave him some PR training, and he kind of learned how to not go on philosophical rants for every question. The professor. Right. He still does. He still does. buddy, you're not yet 45, so before you start teaching us. So, yeah, I think you're right. We know what he wants to do. Now he has to shape a roster that was shaped to do a little bit different type of a formation. Do you feel like the ownership will get us there? Oh, you're asking me if I feel like the ownership is going to get us there? I don't know. Um, If the ownership and FC Dallas get lucky, yes. I think FC Dallas is not building a dynasty here, right? They're growing academy players, they're building young talent. We might have a year where you know one or two players are are a hit, and we'll see a 2016 where you know everything aligns. But no, it's not. I mean, if if it, I mean to me that's the major success. I mean, honestly, to me, if as an FC Dallas fan, I'm a fan, right? If if uh, FC Dallas gets any trophy at all, I mean, sadly, that's that's a success. Even the right? League's Cup trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I, mean, I know they make new trophies every year, but no, I mean, you know, something that gets you into to, to CONCACAF uh, Champions League, right? So, I mean, that's the, you know, any of that, I feel like that's that's a success, right? Uh, I know, I mean, I, I know Dustin wants to wants to wants to weigh in here. So what, what are you thinking, Dustin? Nah, I mean, we know what we get with the hunts, right? There's not, I don't Do we? Yeah. Do we? Yeah. They're a known quantity. Like, they're going to invest in the, in the youth and they're going to, they're gonna not go after players with big names and big egos, and they're gonna bring in players that they think are gonna fit in the team and fit in the squad and and so, be a part of the, the family, right? So we have so, a B plus, yeah, yeah. on the grade then. Not to jump ahead, but what's your grade? He was a B minus. Oh, B minus. I, I was I was a B minus, and it was a really strong. It's like an minus. eighty-two. Yeah, so, so you're sitting at B you plus. Thinking, okay. I, I didn't say B plus. Oh, okay. <laughs> you went to all the games. You went to yep. all the press conferences. Grade the grade the season as a whole. So, uh, on the third degree season roundtable thing, I gave them a B. I'm I'm gonna come back off that a little bit because I oh, think wow. I think I was over indexing towards what we saw on the field. And what Lucci was able to accomplish with what he had, and for me that was a tremendous success. Like he doesn't have a whole bunch of arsenal or a whole bunch of weapons in his arsenal. Resources, right? yeah, resources, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have a whole bunch at his disposal, but he made do with what he had. He was able to take it and implement his style. Pretty, I mean, we can we we can see what he's trying to do, and it wasn't a complete disaster. And so for that, I I gave them a B, but I then. After some discussion, I th- I think I'm going to come back to a B minus, and that's wow. mainly because of some of the off the field failures. Oh, what's <laughs> Tristan's got? I'm just playing got the noises. ham horn, man. Got that's noises. a hot take right there. Yeah, uh, it mainly I think it's because of some of the off the field things, like Edwin Jossi. Like that's that's a huge yeah. Huge it's failure. not a good thing for the team when they announce a star signing, and the star signing he plays was a like. Signing, right? A yep. game total yep. in terms of minutes, that just marketing wise. He had a heat stroke, man. I mean, you got to take that stuff serious. I mean, he was in no, Orlando. No, 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 he can groin. handle that. It was groin, right? No, no. That we, climate no, change will now. get you when you sign for a Texas team. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So 
I mean, I guess it's, it's around. It's come back to me. I mean, I would look at it and I would give it a B. I mean, look at what, uh, like you mentioned, look at what Lucci did with essentially a bunch of kids and a bunch of you know losing Grezo midseason. You 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 don't think losing Grezo midseason was a? I'll get to that. That's oh, yeah, on my yeah, list. That's on that's on your list. But look, I mean, I'm I'm kind of talking about it from a, more of an on the field perspective. I mean, off the field. I mean, we can be honest here. I wouldn't give him a glowing rating. Off the field, you can't give him a glowing rating. The transfer window is non-existent. You give Luci Gonzalez nothing to work with. You give him, you give him a guy from Bulgaria who like who was okay in 2018, but 2019 he didn't prove much. He didn't prove much at all, and he didn't play the rest of the season. Um, I mean, you look through. You look through. They added nothing. Right, like you, you said, they added well, nothing is, almost. Is, is that is that the grading curve break working in there? Because yeah. I can tell you. So let's see, I didn't you want you want you want to talk about that you because want, you expect that from FC Dallas. Right, exactly. So you want to talk about the grading curve, or you want to you want to hit your point first, Tristan? Uh, so, you know, when I was reading Peter's, you know, end of a season review, that's Peter Welpton. Uh, Peter Welpton of third degree, and I don't agree with most Follow of them. Follow him at Twitter at blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with them, but. He, he brought up something that was really interesting, and I'll read it for you all right now. He said, being obstinate on grading the 2019 FCD season as bang average C is not some pessimistic agenda. It is a fair attempt to set this club on equal MLS footing, even if the Hunts choose not to. Supporting the idea of making the most out of what this club does do well is reasonable. But should fans be forced to reset their expectations backwards to accepting moral victories? And then a little bit later on, he says... All these construction choices are from Dan or Clark and Dan. They did not have to run with the youngest roster or hire a coach with zero professional experience. Maybe admirable, but it wasn't acceptable. Accidental. So, so, a- accidental. There you go. So I, I want to ask you guys before I jump into my opinion. Sh- should fans and should pundits grade the season on a little bit of a grading curve? Or no, should we compare them? I mean, look, they're on the same league. Like, obviously, we have to compare them to an Atlanta United or LAFC. But you know what I'm trying to get out no, right now. No, I mean like you don't you know grade. It's a you're playing in the same league because there is no promotion relegation. You assume they are all on equal footing. In terms of looking at another team and saying we really like what that team does, then yeah, you have to put them on the same curve or put them on the same plane as everybody else. There's no curve in MLS. Not even for a first-year coach? He's a first-year coach because he just got the title, but he's coached pretty much eight or nine or ten of the players for the past five years. They know him. Everybody knows who Lucci was. He was the coach-in-waiting for NTXSC. No. No, but, I mean, come on. It's, everything's new, right? It's, it's, some of the players are the same. This but, all started when they wasted money on signing Christian Coleman as the star striker, and they struck out with that. Forget the injury. Talk about his production in the 26 games before he finally scored a goal. That sets your franchise, if we we're going to call it that, back an entire season, and then you're now just in a waiting game for when can we get his salary off the books so that we can sign somebody who might or sign two or three people who might develop into somebody who gets us 10 goals a season, something we haven't had for years. Jonathan, you look like you need to say something. So what's funny is I think what uh, Tristan was just doing was grading on a curve because, I'm sorry, Coleman's 
in, what, what his salary was and his signing. It should bonus. be an F. It, well, I mean, it shouldn't even matter that. I mean, I haven't given a grade. Well, why? I'm just saying that if Coman, if that salary is going to stop you from signing another big impact player, then you're already on a curve, right? Because any oh, Atlanta United oh, could easily I pay that salary and ignore it. Yeah. I so it's funny. Let's look at the Kansas City Chiefs, the other team that the ownership owns. I don't mean to get into an ownership bashing debate. I, but you're right. It, it is putting a curve because you're saying we can't spend this money because we tied it up with someone else. That said, if I was going to give it a grade, it's a C. They get a C. They get a passing, right? They made the playoffs. They didn't suck as bad as San Jose, but I did some math because that's what I do. He's an and accountant. Here we go. From May, we went one point from 15 points. If you did that in England, you would get fired. In September, we took two points from 12 possible points. That's three points from 27 points. If you did that in any league, you would get fired. But because we love Lucci and developing talent's important, he didn't get fired. This team under a, underachieved because they sold their best player in the middle of the season yep, yep. and did not have a replacement waiting in the wings. Yeah, nobody's going to argue on that one. I, yeah, mean, no, you, I don't think anyone no. can, no. What, what do you think? I mean, Dustin, I, I see you're, you're also hankering for making hankering. Look at him. I'm from Texas, y'all. No, but, I just, uh, I'm just i just thinking back. May and was the two months you gave May, May and September, September is yeah. when Were they those? did two from 12. So well, what was the home away uh, ratio on that? It's about even, 50 50. Okay. Was it, right. When was the, the U20 World Cup? That was at the end of May into June. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So we were missing key players at the time. Not I'm, at the first three quarters of May, but yes. Yeah. I, so look, I think we are grading the 2019 season on a curve, right? I think we all, I, I think I personally am. I personally am. Guys, we let Vancouver tie us right, at right, home. Right. And also beat us in May. I think so as well, right? Yeah. To a 2-1 two, two, loss. No, I think we are grading on a curve, right? I am personally, but next year the gloves are off. I think we can all agree with that. The gloves are off. And for you guys, the gloves are off now. The gloves are off next year, I think. And you, you, you I wish I had grading. gloves. Well, I, I wish it's I had gloves, cold. too. I'm freezing right now. Uh, I but gloves. look, I, I, think we, I think grading this, this FC Dallas team right now, let's give them a year. And then I'm, I, guess, I guess I am grading on a curve. If, if what Peter is saying is, well, you know what it is. And you know what? I agree. I think this team... I was looking at. It. I've actually been talking to Dustin about it. He can he can confirm it with you. Should we expect the Hunts to be you know like kind of frugal with their spending? Let's say they're not that frugal with their spending. Let's say they spend it because they have spent it. As bad as they have, they have spent it. Let's be honest here. Brian Brian Acosta four five like two three four five million dollars signing in that range, right? Yep. Even Santiago Mosquero was it relatively? That you was know, a big range. Yeah, could have been two, could have been five. I mean, okay, I, I, I'll close it and I'll say four, three or four. I'll close it. And I'll say three or four. It ain't fifty million. And how many teams are spending fifty million in MLS right now? Fifty, none. Fifteen, fifteen, fifteen. 15. Okay, yeah, oh, two. Just, just a couple. Just a couple. How yeah. many are spending ten? Maybe I'm another, not so yeah. much concerned with the initial fee as I am with the contracts. I think that to attract real talent. The team needs to start shelling out some more money for key positions. 
and not relying on these Academy products to always be the next coming of Clint Dempsey. And that requires shelling out some money to light a fire under the asses of some players who may be really comfortable in their number 10 or 19 or number seven role or whatever, right? And that, that requires putting players... MLS is going to be slated as a retirement league for certain European players because of David Beckham. That's a tradition we've had for 10 years now, or 13 years now. And that means that you have to sign a David Beckham, right? Our David Beckham was that Danielson guy who was a flop. But if we went out and signed a Rooney or somebody else... For a year or two, what type of an effect would that have on a club, right? You look at the Galaxy, they signed Beckham and put him at center mid and kind of threatened the winger players. That creates an incentive for younger players to step up, and now you're seeing that with some of their players. So, I, so, so Tristan, I think that's a good question. So, so Dustin, FC Dallas... What, what, what happens this year if they if they had an elite nine, right? Well, what's so I, I think I think an interesting twist on what Tristan just said is okay. So if FC Dallas is going to do that model, right, where they they're going to bring in somebody, somebody, somebody a big name at the end of their career that's that we want to use to kind of bolster the um, the the youth and and, like and Chicharito. Yeah. So what what position? Do we want to bring in that that talent for, and then, like, where are we? Where are we wanting to bolster our youth at, and and mold the team around? Right. We don't have a. Sh- I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Pepe did really well. I think he's a little bit off the ball when it comes to playing in MLS right now. He's like he's sixteen, he right? Like, I mean, like he's at curfew right now. He's at home, and it's not yet nine o'clock. So. We need to develop or sign talent before we say we've got that developed. In my opinion, it's great to bring in the striker because as Zlatanix showed us and Rooney and Robbie Keane and Henri and Joseph Martinez. Martinez and who's that? Yeah, yeah, Drogba up in Montreal. And a good shout there from you the can bring in somebody who's 32, 33 and get two or three great years yep. and their butts in seats yep. revenue will pay for that contract. And and to your point, if if uh, you're counting on Pepe to be that next player, two or three years isn't going to create a logjam there, right? It's not going to... No, because if a Pepe wants to leave and you've locked him down and done your job of signing your young talent to like reasonable contracts, we can sell them, right? It's an investment strategy. If the Hunts are to be revered as the sports gods of America, then we should expect that they'll sign the young talent to a contract that keeps them around for three or four years so that we can sell them for a five or six million dollars as opposed to a half a million. So let's uh, let's let's circle back and kind of talk a little bit more about this this previous season. Uh, and we, we've mentioned that this is Lucci's first season and, you know, grading him on what a, a curve or not. Right. Um, what 
what were your kind of takeaways in how Lucci was able to grow and uh, and evolve as a coach in his first year on the job? Well, he had to adapt, right? Like it wasn't like you know, hey, look, this is gonna be easy, right? And he had to learn. He had this idea of one place total football, that changed, right? That 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 changed. Six hundred passes. That 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 changed exactly. <laughs> that six hundred passes emphasized. It changed, and he's admitted it. And I, I mean, I hate to plug it, but you know, I'm gonna plug oh, it. Here comes a plug. Um, I'm gonna plug it. I I, I have a one on one coming out with him very soon, as in like Monday. Uh, oh really? Monday where where would we see that at? Uh, ProSoccerUSA.com. There you go. Go find it. But no, I I don't. Look, he had this idea of I want to play this and that, and I think then he realized, okay, this is the talent pool I have to deal with. This is the, the team I have to deal with. It's gonna be a lot younger. We're gonna, we're gonna be developing stars. And look, Lucci's really bought into the idea of developing stars. I think we can all agree on that. And whether we like that or not, that's going to be his mentality. And I think we all have to we all have to say, okay, that's his mentality. He's going to go through, look at the academy players, and develop players coming up the system and coming down the system. And he did that this year. So from a development point, okay, yeah, he did that. But he adjusted as well, and he had to because the team was terrible on the road. Let's, let's not mince words here. The team was terrible on the road. The fire game... The Rapids game, yep. I think we can go down a list of just how bad they were. Uh, so on the road. I have numbers for you. Let's hear it. <laughs> we are 22nd best in the league when we concede a goal first. Not last. Which means we're <laughs> not last, but we're definitely not in the top of 85%. So that means we're mentally weak and young. So maybe the development approach only works to a certain point. Right, and I agree with that. I think but look, if you're going to go all if you're going to go all on development, these things are going to happen. Like you can't like these things are going to happen. You're not going to have an Atlanta United season, right? I don't think you have an Atlanta United season with, with, with these guys if you're going to go of the development route. You're going to go through the bumps and bruises. And if this team, you know, wants to go the development way, this is what's going to happen. And fans can accept it or not. Fans can leave and not be a fan of this team anymore and, and, no, and, go, and go somewhere else. And that's okay. Yeah, it's not if, right? I right, think the exactly. decision's been made. This is a development team. Exactly. They're going to play the youth, and so it's now about how best you position your team to be successful if, if that's the strategy you're going to follow. And so I, mean, I think that Lucci did make some adjustments over the season, uh, but, I mean, there was a couple of games that, he, that we lost, I think, because of coaching, right? They, that Lucci made mistakes in FC Dallas – you know, especially in some of the away games. Yeah, those away games were terrible. Well, three wins, right? Yeah. Three, three, three Orlando. wins. Orlando. Yep. Or, oh, my God. So, I mean, it's really about continuing to invest, I mean, in, look, in, the, if, in those if, players, If right? they're going to go development, you got to go all on development, right? But, look, if they don't and we see a kind of a, sh a shift of sorts, okay, then we can maybe talk about it. But if we're going all in on development, wow, I just kissed the mic. That's kind of gross. Um, but if they're going to go all in on development, they're going to go all in on development, right? Like, that's not going to yep. be that's not gonna be anything. And if that's, that's something they've implemented, that's something they've wanted. They hire a coach like Lucci, that's, that's, what they, that's what they're investing in, development. Now, we can like that or not, but that's what they're investing in. So, Am I wrong with so that? So let's talk about that. Uh, like that or not? I don't think as a fan you should, I don't think as a fan you should like that. So I go to these games as a fan. Because I'm not a journalist. I don't have to be unbiased. But I would say, as a fan, that's revolting. 
Because A, it's not what's being marketed to me. I'm smart enough to know that's the appeal, that it's a local team, right? Paxton now makes the median income of where he came from in Highland Village, right? <laughs> Which, good for you, Paxton. Like, you made it. You can, you can send your kid to Flower Mound Marcus. But at the end of the day, what's being marketed is a blob of a... Is anything package. even being marketed? Uh, that's though? what I was about to question. I was like, "Where is anything you, being marketed?" Where did you, I don't know where you're you looking see at. So, so there's a, there's I don't know a, where you're looking at. Let's circle so back like to marketing get, here in a little bit. Let's come back to marketing a, to what, in a bit. We'll, we'll give it some, some more time there. So let's just run a real quick hypothetical, right? So we just talked about Lucci's first season. What if what if Oscar Pereja had stayed? Right? What does this season look like? Do you think? We have more wins. Do you think we we finish higher up the table? Do you think we might actually win a playoff game? I don't think they sell Grezo. I think Pereja says, wait, you're doing what? And he says, you can sell him, and then I'm leaving and taking the first job that gets to me. Because Orlando City? you literally sold your best, most stable player for your formation in the middle of the season. With a guy who yeah, may or may not that, be a replacement. That never happened. When, when Oscar was here, they never sold big players in the midseason. Never. No. I think that it's easier to replace a, a winger than it is to replace a midfielder. And yes. you can patch a hole, right? Castillo got sold, and that sucked. But they still won the Supporters' Shield yeah. that season. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think they finished like maybe a third or fourth. Well, Walter, you want to say something? <laughs> got- no, I think they finished a third or I think they finished a third or fourth, but they don't win MLS Cup. I don't, I don't I, see them winning MLS Cup with Oscar. No, I. You know what? I, I think we saw what they will do, which is I think they'd be third or fourth, three quarters of the way through the season, and then they would be then barely making it tail like, off. Yep, t- tail off because that's what we saw every time with 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 OP's teams, other than. The 16th season, right? Which was historic. He found, he found he found ways to win. They would push the team, but then at the end, man, it was just it was too much. It was too intense, and I, and I think it was just too much about winning and not about developing. And I think that to me, Oscar Pereja would have actually been less successful with this team than Lucci was. This, and and we we would be talking a hell of a lot more about a reboot because. We wouldn't have seen Cervinia and Cirillo and Paxton, right? All these other players actually developing. We would have seen the same thing that we saw the last few years, right? I want I think, more minor Figueroa. <laughs> <laughs> and for, for me, so that from a season review, as I, I like one of the things I did when I think about this season compared to the last couple of seasons, just thinking about it from a you know what what we saw with OP before was this is the first year that when it was done, I actually feel hopeful. Right, since since sixteen, sixteen obviously yeah, but seventeen was oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, it, it was terrible. Pain, it was painful. Last year was almost the same, right? I mean, it, it felt like it was just a repeat of seventeen. At least this year, going out, you're like, yeah, they lost in the first round, but it feels way different than when they went on the first round against Portland. So, uh, I mean, to me, it makes a makes makes a huge difference. All right, well, I want to. You, you have any final words, Dustin? Uh. You know, Jonathan, that that's is, that is a good point. Like, hopeful is is probably a, a really good way to, to put that because, um, yeah, yeah, it was disappointing in places, and yes, we all wish they did better, and yes, it 
It uh, it wasn't what we hoped for, but you could see what what could be, right? You could see what might be, and and that's that's hopeful to me. I, and and I think that's where I think I'd like to leave the um, leave my season review. All right, so now what about? people in the audience anybody anybody uh, have some thoughts on the season that they want to come and and talk about all right come on this is andrew take my mic our new friend from the audience andrew looks like a texas eskimo right now we are all bundled up it's funny that you mentioned you're being handed the only mic that you have to talk into the side okay. of this it's funny that you mentioned esco i'm originally from uh Anchorage, Alaska. So, so I have plenty of experience with Eskimos. Um, um, but you guys had the question sheet out. Yes, I, I, I've been yes. thinking of Andrew. Oh, great! What is your favorite moment from the season? Oh, definitely the win in Atlanta. That was on ESPN. Was uh, seeing Jesus score. Um, I, I I thought that was the yeah. highlight of the season at all uh, for me. Uh, that. Totally unexpected because I think the last time they went there, they they got blown out because it was the first game in that stadium, from what I remember. Yep, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Mercedes Benz mm-hmm. opening. Right. Yeah. So that definitely my season. Um, as far as the success, I, I can't give it a grade, but I, I can give it a pass fail. And I would say it's a pass just because I had so many questions about Lucci. Um, and I, I, I feel I feel comfortable with them now. And I, I feel he. He answered of of the first year coaches. I maybe it's a little biased, but I feel like he he answered the most uh, questions, I guess, and is most secure in his job compared to some of the other guys, like the guy in Vancouver. The guy in uh, San Jose actually did pretty good too, considering. But um, so 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 as a pass, does that mean you feel that they progressed this year? Well, see, I, I, that depends because I am. I'm convinced that the CBA negotiation is is going to change the league drastically. I think they're going to raise the salary cap uh, significantly. Put a floor, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But but the teams that want the teams that spend money now, they're going to make it easier for them to spend even more money. So the teams like LAFC, Atlanta, uh, Galaxy, Toronto, Toronto, yeah. yeah, they're going to spend even more money. And my Hesitation is that FC Dallas is not going to keep up with the changing league, and really the only hope, I mean, making the playoffs will be, um, will be you know basically the most realistic goal and the parity that makes that kind of makes the league stand out from the rest of the world uh, is gradually going away, and we're going to have just you know the team uh, you know a league of a couple superpowers uh, between the East and the West, and yeah. It's, making playoffs is going to be it so so is there is there something that you would improve upon next year then uh i i I want him i want him to you know what one thing you'd improve upon and i i don't understand this they do great with the academy they do great with the super drafts their international scouting sucks (laughs) amen amen i mean i'm sorry brian acosta is a bust for me um Cobra was a bust for three quarters of the season, and 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 came in. You know, I'm you know I'm happy for him. I'm I'm so happy he got called into the Czech team and 
scoring goals against England and all that. But uh, he, he, you know, in August we were he wasn't doing anything. You know, um, Mus- Mascara is another one who has his moments occasionally. But I think I think uh, who's the guy on extra time? Doyle. He made a good point when in the playoff loss it was it wasn't the young guys who let the team down. It was the veterans. It was yep, absolutely, it was the, absolutely. It was the international signings. Um, I remember what was that? It was the end of regulation, or uh, where Acosta had the two-on-one with him, and I forget who, and he yeah, signed. Just, yeah. Oh my. Um, so I, I, it's it's amazing to me that for as as good as they are as finding uh, domestic guys, they they just can't find the international guys. And um, the last thing, you know, I have this fantasy that. Uh, Bayern Munich's going to throw FC Dallas a bone and send Thomas Muller our way, but I don't you know. That's just he would. Fit. It's always good he to would have fit. fantasy. Yeah. He would fit so well. Yeah, he's the total enigma, right? He's he always says, "I'm not great at anything, but I'm better than most everybody at everything." Right, and he he's a guy who could come here and I. I'm sure he could score 15 goals. He'd play left back for a couple yeah. matches while Matt like nursed his hammy or so, or Ryan nursed his hammy. Yeah. Like, and that's the funny thing is we would probably put him there at left back. Be like, we needed it. Somebody there. Like it'll happen. Yeah. All right. So, so I, I see, I see Dan Crook over here, like thinking about some comments that he wants to make. I could tell yeah, he's sitting in the audience He's got two beers in his hand, so you know that he's quite ready for, uh, you know. One of those is his dog's telling, beer. Telling us his thoughts. What's that? that? Oh, it was Armand's. Oh, uh, sorry, it was, it was actually uh, Armand's beer. Could no, be. I'm pretty sure that was his dog's beer. Um, anybody else have anything they want to talk about? Yeah? All righty. Wait, hold on. I want to hear from Michael Ramirez. We got some questions for you. We're doing a season review segment. This is Michael Ramirez. He's the uh, SC Dallas social. What's going on, y'all? So if you if you uh, badmouth SCD on Twitter, he... I will get fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have several muted audience members. All right, I'm ready. So uh, we'll just we'll ask you the same questions. What was your favorite moment of the season? You probably have a little bit of a different perspective Ooh. than us fans. Okay. So I was actually an intern at the start of May, and I got hired in August. So I was really only there for that, like, from May on. But I did watch okay. before. I mean, so the Acosta goal was special against mm-hmm. the Galaxy. Um, yeah, Acosta! Um I just think I think the best memory that I had this season was probably the thrashing against Houston at home. Um, at that time, it was pretty much a must-win game. The team was on and off. We were They were kind of in that period where it was they would win a few, lose one, and then maybe lose two. Um, they were very inconsistent at that time, and after they played Houston, there was really that, that sense of confidence. Um, I believe it was after the Montreal game, too. So they had come back home, and they really gave – their arch rivals are a real good thrashing. Jesus Ferreira shined. Pretty much everyone on the field shined as well. Um, the Houston game was just different because you know it's you know it's that rival. You know, it's uh, it's the yeah. team that you want to beat every single season. It's the you want to win El Capitan every year. He loves and the derby. They did. So I, I'd probably have to say Houston. 
Um, there's a few other moments. Like Atlanta was a very, very big win, obviously, in the, in the big spectrum of things. Um, and Seattle as well at home, even though there was, what, like two own goals in that game. Yeah. But uh, Houston was special. All right. Well, I'll spare you from having to grade the team since you work for them and, you know, Dan Hunt, your boss, roundabouts. Uh, but what what is one thing next season that you hope that the team has that they didn't have this season? I think it's kind of obvious. Um, a consistent goal scorer um, throughout the season. We obviously, Zdenek Andrasik, Cobra came in the last third of the season and lit it up. But before then, he didn't really have a consistent striker, a consistent nine. They tried Jesus Ferreira, Baji at times. They would move him from the left wing to striker. Didn't really have that consistent striker. Um, I, yeah. I do. Oh, I we're do. getting some groans from the audience about Baji. <laughs> I love he's Baji. Like, he's actually, he's probably my favorite player um, off the pitch. He's a really nice guy. Um, but no, I think you just need that consistency from your number nine. And I do believe that FC Dallas will um, will try to find that in the transfer market this winter. Oh, um, I don't know scoops, if they actually will, scoops. but um, I know that they probably will will attempt to sign a number nine. And um, well, I just I mean, that's the that's the biggest need right now in this season. Um, well, Dan because they, did, there was just that inconsistency throughout the season. Dan Hunt just did an interview this to just today. It dropped where he was talking about how he believes that the the team is just one to two world class signings away from winning the championship. So I'm biased, uh, yeah, but I would actually agree with that. All right. Um, the end of the season, you really saw that, especially in that Seattle game, you saw the full potential of what this team could accomplish, and they were one square pass, one finish away from knocking off the MLS Cup champions. Yep. And I truly believe, I said this before they even played Seattle, if they got through Seattle, I believe that they would at least have made the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think that they could have beat Real Salt Lake at home. They had already done it previously that um, this season. And LAFC, they kind of came out flat against, against the Sounders. They didn't live up to that hype that we saw throughout the season. I do truly believe that they were one square pass, one finish away from making a, an incredible run in the MLS Cup playoffs because they had the players. Paxton was unhealthy. He wasn't at 100%. If they had a full, fully fit Paxton, who knows? Maybe they could have beat Seattle. Um, maybe they could have won by more than one goal as well. But you saw that fight, that energy that they had um, in, the, in the last season, or excuse me, in the last game of the season, I truly believe that I think they, they were a few pieces away from making an incredible run. That's yeah. just my opinion, though. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thanks, Michael, for showing up. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and then we come back. we got a couple more quick things to talk about, and then uh, we'll let everybody go home. All right, we are back. Uh, joining us now, to my right, he co-hosts the 19th Minute podcast along with Kenny Price. He reached the limit in Spotify for the number of country music playlists one account can have. He came for the stouts, but he stayed for the soccer. He's Walter Martinez. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Doing really good, Walter, man. Glad to be on. All right. Oh, you forgot to mention that I am uh, aspiring FC Dallas game time announcer. Okay. So, so uh, give us are, an example. Are, yeah, I want to hear this, Walter. What you want to, like? Oh, you want me to like introduce somebody yeah, to the yeah, field? Yeah, like tell us there's what? a yellow card or something. Um, now coming on to the field, number number twenty one, Michael Barrios. <laughs> yeah. 
That was great. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm ready. Can the, the season future. start now? Uh, why is because we have Darwin Quintero? Wait, and, Dan. I think yeah, I, Dan. I, know, I, I, know. Yeah, I think the real question is: Does the crowd know the difference between a know. sub and the starters? No, I don't think most of the crowd does. All right. Well, let's, speaking of crowds, they just clap when it says applause. Speaking of crowds, or less or lack thereof. Look at that transition. Yeah, there you go. It's like uh, it's like I knew it was coming up. So let's. Uh, we mentioned earlier, kind of like the marketing aspect of everything, and we we mentioned. Uh, earlier about how how there's not a whole lot of peep butts and seats, right? So I did some looking, and FC Dallas was 22nd of 24, uh, just above Colorado and Chicago. That would have been dead last a couple of years ago when there was only 22 teams. As th- that is a good point. Uh, they had an average attendance of 14.8 thousand, and we all know that's not the actual no, attendance, no, no, no. Uh, which reportedly... It, it is a uh, minus four percent year over year from last year, so it is on the down the downturn, right? Um, we've got a low awareness in the in the DFW of FC Dallas. Not many people. It's really almost know. like everybody that lives here doesn't actually come from the Dallas area, right? So they may have other sports allegiances, right? And there's low coverage on all of the, uh, the the stations, right? What should we do about this? I don't know. I'm going to leave this up to you, Tristan. You tell us. Really? Yeah. Magic so, bullet. Tell- Come on. Magic bullet. I've got a few outlandish ideas. Okay. If you look at the other teams and their social media presence, it's actually... I think I made a great point, right? Like, y'all are all looking at me like I'm crazy. But if you follow the other teams' Instagrams, you'll be like, oh, my God, I want to go to an LAFC game. I want to go to a Galaxy game. I want to go to... I want to do and go and see what these people are posting, right? We don't have that. Our, well, all we have is the uh, that Friday feeling repost every week, and it's somebody in the training ground smiling. I think it starts with a healthy relationship with your loyal fan groups, right? Like the Dallas Beer Guardians, uh, El Matador. Uh, what's the new group that popped up? There's a third one. Dustin, help me out here. Is there a third uh, one? Was, Do we have a third supporters group? Just two, right? Yeah. There was that one, someone's army or something. Just, well, there's just two right now, yeah, yeah. right? So having a good relationship with those two is a start. And right now the organization's a little out of touch with that. And so I think that's the first step. And once you can get the people that are always going to show up for the game, that's what you sell. Because we've kind of texted back and forth about this and... What is FC Dallas selling as a product? We get that Lucci has a vision for this team, and us as actual diehard soccer fans can appreciate that vision. But from a marketing perspective, what do you market the greater Dallas area of? You look at it, this area, we've grown jobs, we've grown companies, businesses, right? But like the one thing that declines is the attendance of FC Dallas. It just does not make sense. Somebody's not doing something... And I think it starts with knowing what you're selling. And there's an inconsistency from year to year about what this brand and franchise represents. I don't put that on the hunts because as an ownership group, I don't think you're responsible for the marketing of your team. I think that's responsible for the person you hire that's in charge of marketing. So what, what do people feel drawn to when they started going to games? Walter, where do, where do you land on this? I think you're you're right in a sense of FC Dallas hasn't found, at least in the marketing terms, their identity in who they're trying to target. 
Um, the only thing, though, that I would disagree with you, and, and this is not just me being anti-hunt, is you're the you're you're the reason why the team exists. You're the reason why. I don't know how to word it exactly. You're the money behind it. They're the reason yeah. the team hasn't moved yeah. to another city with an owner that's like, yeah, I'll yeah. pay you 150, 200 million bucks to get the, the franchise. They're, they're, they're the ones that are the end all decision. They're, they're the ones signing the checks every week. And so uh, to, to an extent, I, I think you as an organization, if it's not directly you, you need to find somebody who knows how to scour talent. And I'm not just talking about on the field itself. I'm talking about... Your Gina Millers, your you know your, your people who are going to be on the social media side of things, who is going to be you know with your player interaction, making sure the players are adjusted, your scouting, everything. You're the end all. You're the one that signs the checks. So I think the buck stops here. Exactly, exactly. And so um, I do want to blame partially. I do want to put the blame partially on the hunts because they're the ones who signed the checks to begin with. They have the resources and they have the abilities if they wanted to to find top talent, not just on the field, but off the field. Acquisitions and talent, both players and your actual staff, your front office, everything. They have the ability and the resources to look at that. So that's, like I said, to an extent, I do agree with you that they don't know who they're trying to market to. There was an attempt a couple of years ago to go out to the, you know, to the colleges in the area because we have a ton of colleges with a ton of kids who were brought up with soccer. A lot of kids who come in from other countries that are brought in because of their talents themselves, who from their home countries experience a lot of soccer. They they live off soccer. And so there was an attempt. There was a lot of college nights. There was a lot of, uh, you know, UNT theme nights, SMU theme nights. And so that worked to an extent by offering you know, better tickets and that kind of faded. So they have to, they have to know, am I going to market to the local soccer community, the soccer? And that's kind of a taboo word nowadays is the soccer moms. Are we going to cater to them? What are we going to do for them and their kids? You've are we going to go for the, to the people that have a toll tag? Yeah, now. exactly. And that was going to be my next thing. A lot of Hispanics, there's a lot of us. They don't like toll tags. We don't like toll tags. I get we it. don't. We don't like. That's just that just added. <laughs> yeah. That just added to there. And I'm already the tickets for the value that I'm seeing on the field. If if I'm just a, a person who likes you know Club America, Club Chivas, Cruz Azul, whoever, and I want to experience local soccer, the tickets are not that cheap. They're they're really not for the product that you're getting on the field. They're really not. There's not really anything that lures me to it. Yes, there's international talent here. They're from South America. There is a little bit of that. But you throw on toll tags, and now you're going to throw on parking. I'm not going to want to come. So let me run something by you then. Sure. Because I think that marketing is intertwined with the roster decisions made by the hunts. And there's you've seen in other markets where they can sign a player or two, and it causes a significant upturn in attendance. Yeah. There is no, there's not going to be an LAFC that comes in and steals a market from us. So what would be the downside of the hunt saying, you know, we got a big tax cut a couple years ago. Why don't we go ahead and invest five or $6 million in getting Chicharito? We could overpay. And us as like legitimate soccer fans who get into the numbers would be like, we're overpaying for this. But we have Javier Hernandez or... 
Hector Herrera or one of the Mexican national team players who's regularly playing for them on our roster. And now the teams, the people from Dallas, Irving, Carrollton, who maybe know those players but don't really care about FC Dallas, might say, you know what, I'll pay 50 bucks per person to go to Frisco for one Saturday night to see what it's like. And maybe they come on a night when it's a 5-3 win over, what was that, San Jose? Who was that that we won 5-3 this year? San Jose. San Jose, right? So they come to that game, right, or something, and they're, they're hooked, right? Because that's what it takes, right? And Dallas is such... What, what, what do you think would be the impact of something like that? Like an investment like that, do you feel like would reap rewards beyond that season? The thing with... Everybody wants to tell, like, Mexican talent is the magic bullet. Um, I can tell you that the, and not just the Mexican, but at least the Latin demographics are very fickle. To the moment where that person goes away, that's pretty much it. Uh, look at Blas. No, look at yep. Blas. What happened to all the people that we had on the South and the Panamanians? The Panamaniacs, right? Was that uh, their their unofficial name? Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the yeah the the moment that Bloss left, we didn't see anything from them, and so yep. uh, it, it it is a struggle because you have to realize that it's not just a one or two year investment; is you have to keep it going. No, so you're absolutely right. So it it'll pay short dividends, but you have to realize you have to keep it going. You have to keep people in there. Yeah, to to, to me, it's more about investing in game day experience and that game day experience to me has to extend outside of the stadium right so it's about making the area around fc dallas a fun place to go before the game and then during the game right because mm. you can you can sign a chicharito or whatever and you're going to get some fans for those two years and then they're all gonna they're all gonna fade away when that player goes away so i think that i mean to me when i go to other stadiums one of the things that fc dallas is really missing is that environment around the stadium, right? I mean, I, I, from a marketing perspective, man, I would love to see if they could market with some local bands, have local bands outside the stadium, start like an hour or two beforehand, maybe even partner with some of the, um, some of the bars around uh, the stadium and actually make it an event the before Jonas, you go. The, the Jonas right? Brothers. <laughs> if, that, if, that's from the, if that's the crowd you want to go for, I you know, I was probably thinking about something a little but, bit more low. The, but the I get where you're going. But, but, yeah. but yeah, I think it's, you, you go to an FC Dallas game and you're you're never overwhelmed, or you never. I mean, yes, no. that five three game is great, but that's not ever. This is this is soccer. You're going to have zero zero draws. Yeah. You want to yeah. make sure that that experience from end to end is a positive one. And for a casual fan, to me, I think it's about actually building up, right? And so it's not just yeah. about what's on the field, but I think it's about the whole game day experience. It's highly unlikely that the first game a, a, a fan goes to and like experiences is FC Dallas, right? They, they've watched the Premier League. They've watched the championship. They've watched some other league, and they have an expectation. Uh, unless it's the 4th of July, and then that's, you know, the, the, they went for the fireworks. fireworks. So we're about, Boom. To, we're about to get kicked out of here pretty soon. So oh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I have a couple of things to say. I okay. think we've got like, 15 minutes. We got some more things to say. So for me, I I, I think the uh, the thing that I would do, and I, as I would make the end stadium, the end stadium experience better, right? People, you, you, it doesn't matter if you get people there. It's it's you've got to make that that's that experience worth coming back to. 
And uh, number one, I think I would do is I would stop doing the three more points chant. That's stupid. I mean, <laughs> I, just, I, I under, I'm here it's for so annoying and it's so unenthusiastic that yes. it's just like I do. It's so I, okay, so I work for. I'm not speaking on their behalf. But one of the things that every restaurant does is they, they sponsor local community schools, church groups, community organizations. I do think it's important, though, to get community figures to your game that are from other areas, no, which saying, is frequently the person scarfing so I'm not saying get the rid hunt of this. statue. I'm no, not the saying scarfing is good. Scarfing so is fine. scarf, but, safe, don't but don't do the three, three more, more points. points. Yeah, that's... yeah. That's All right. Great. Like, it's great. points. Like when Dak three Prescott came to... So yeah, exactly. Yeah, we want a more mellow. Let's go Dallas. <laughs> to quote my 10-year-old daughter, that's cringy. Um, it is cringy. So, You're right. <laughs> that's a great phrase by Mallory. Yeah. Um, so then the other thing I would do is I'd play replays in the stadium, right? Like yep. when we sit in our, our seats and, and we're watching the game, just I look away from the, the play and I have no idea what happened. And or they never put like is good life. Is there an MLS rule against that? Look, we're no, there's not because Kirk they've, they've I mean, done... I've seen no, it the there's not. no, no. There's certain games that they have done it. So, for example, if there's a rule, we can break when, it. When Zlatan came here for the first Galaxy game, they replayed the hell out of everything, right? I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. It's yeah. like I, yeah. I think I think they actually hired an actual replay person to work that day, right? <laughs> but then, but then the next game, you're like, there's a there's a a red card, right? And they don't freaking show what what happened. Yeah, it's right? so it's, so maddening. So I, I, don't I don't think it's a rule, it's a rule it's, but like, or a technology thing. I don't know if it's, they got to get that sorted out yeah, because yeah, you, you have no idea what's happening when you're in the stadium. And then like five minutes later, uh, the announcer comes on and says a yellow card has been right. Like you, it's just it's just not a not a great experience. You shouldn't have been looking at your phone, phone Dustin. I, well, you know, I have to keep well, in touch that, with the, the funny Twitter. thing is exactly like, looking at your phone is the way to stay up to yeah, date sometimes because they, look at they have Garrett the replays Melzer's from gifts, the people. Right? Yeah, the people watching on TV. So all right, so all right, Dustin, what's next on the topic list? All right, so one we, one more thing to do. We need to crown a Dallas Soccer Show player. All right. Year. Yeah, uh, come on, Armand. We oh, need to do, do, for a do we have a trophy? Armand. Actually, we were. Yeah. We're, we're. Oh look, it's 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 Michael Barrios. We're actually going to crown Armando, I think. It's Barrios. Barrios. Um, Dustin, that's way too tall for Armando. Yo, I'm too short for this. Last call. Last call. All right. Who's going to drink more? All right, so let's go. Let's go. Did I move those you need to turn your mic up a little bit. Just uh, turn, a little it bit. Just turn it up. 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 Okay, how's that? Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, so let's go down the line. We'll start on the right because that's what we do. We're not left. Okay, we'll start on the left. Armand just joined us. Armand, who's your MVP of this season? Tristan's oh my I'm standing my tippy toes right now. Tristan said it. Michael Barrios. Come on, man. Woo-woo. Come on. Come on. Anyone hey, is anyone gonna say anything different? Walter, I know you're not Yeah, you know I am. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. Mr. Negativity. He's gonna no, say no, no, no. Uh, I don't know. Cynicism. I don't know. He's a contrarian. Cynicism. Uh, Go ahead, Dustin? I'm also Barrios. I am and this is not this is gonna come as a surprise to nobody if you follow me on Twitter at El Kimico. Um <laughs> plug is Jesse Gonzalez. It's a good shot. And, 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 and I feel the cringe to my right, and I feel the cringe to my left, and here's why. Are you grading so, on a curve, Walter? No, he, no, no, not at all. My, he was no. my most improved player. No, uh, and he had a lot of season bests that I wrote notes down for, but I guess you guys don't really care for it anyway. Um, I think the only thing that he didn't excel in this year, what did he not excel in this year? Uh, wins. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. Weird, huh? Weird. So I, I agree. So 30, 32 very... starts, 85 saves, two penalties, and 11 wins. I think, uh, so, I think he definitely was very good on the distribution, which was a huge part of this. Well, success, no, yeah, that's, right? that's all we've been complaining about in his early 20s. No, he was amazing his, on distribution. And, and, and yeah. And, and like, credit, I don't understand. That's credit to Lucci. That's credit to Lucci was, was a lot of the distribution. I mean, it was a lot of playing from the back. And so that, was, of course, is going to boost your statistics up of just passing it to whoever's nearest to you. So, but Jesse Gonzalez. And and look, uh, for somewhat of a lackluster offense at times, uh, Jesse kept us in the game many, many, many times. So that's that was my – he was a consistent figure. I guess – I don't know if you guys can agree, at least on consistency. Uh, that uh, I think that's, no, totally. that was definitely a key. I, 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 could, see, I could see Jesse being in, in contention, yeah. Yeah. So, so Tristan, we already know which Barrios, you're going. I mean, like, Barrios had one of his best seasons in a jersey. I mean, yeah. he didn't yeah, score yeah. as many goals. But, I mean, I love Michael Barrios's just consistency. It's, it's refreshing. One of the things you could sell, to go back to our previous conversation, is a guy like Michael Barrios, right? This is a guy that looks like you or I. Like, he's a five foot eight. Five foot seven. If you're five foot two, come on. You and Armand, maybe six feet here. So maybe Armand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Armand's even taller than Michael Barrios. Yeah, he is. Yeah, like what is he officially though? He is a guy of short stature, but he is somebody who I think that fans could really get behind. He's he's an everybody's. He's an every man's man. I think the other part is I was talking with Breck earlier, Breck Evans from North Texas SC, and talking about how durability is an important factor in a team member. Because he's ever gone down on exactly, he missed one game. Right, like you look at a guy like Paxton, who I think Paxton really improved this season. But like I think it's absurd to think that Paxton was the lifeblood of this team or anything because you look at a guy like Barrios who goes out there every single day for the past four years and gives 110%. And I mean, like when I say gives, he sprints. Like that is his job is to sprint down that right or left-hand flank and cross that stuff in and get people on the end of it. And he let me, creates Let me pick you back off you for a second. This is Michael Barrios. And, and, and like I said, I, I agree with you that Michael Barrios – was a damn beast. This is somebody who could have just easily left with Maxi Rudy to go down in Argentina. Yeah, for five million. And yet he stayed here and he did what he did this year. He could have just whatever. Yeah. You got what? I, anyway. I, oh, he got, got a new, new Toyota? Toyota. That's it. Yeah, hey. The Red Machine. Oh, is that what he calls his tattoo on his neck? Is well, the that red means machine? he got that covered that up. He got that good. covered up. <laughs> He's got to get that right. preferred parking. Right. So anyway. let's, let's so, move so, on. <laughs> so, the, so the final vote. So I actually thought I was going to be unique with my Barrios vote, but I, but uh, <laughs> He's appara- been the best apparently the best not. So I would, I would have, I was going to go with Paxton, but then he got hurt, and uh, no, I mean it's uh, to me. It, admittedly, I'm a huge Barrios fan, so even going into yeah. this year, I've always, I've always liked Mikey. Um, I also like Christian Coman. I know you love that, Tristan. Um, Screw but the effort, I, right? I, I, I think I was just always hopeful. But the, uh, um, you know, Christian Coman was the Cobra of last year. 
<laughs> but, but, but without the finishing touch. I'm just kidding. All let's, right. Anyways. Let's check so, the audience. Uh, do we have any audience votes for MVP? Barriot. Barriot, one bar. Barriot, two bar. Barriot. Barriot. I think everybody has decided that Walter, Walter has no idea what he's talking yeah. about. I, I think you have a, a, an excellent case there for, for Jesse. You're just saying like, that so I come just, back Yeah, next time. yeah. You're I cool. mean, like... You're just saying that so I can come back. I'll just give you a hug, man. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm a goalkeeper, right. so I guess. Okay, well, uh, thank you, everybody, who came out. Uh, big thanks to Three Nations Brewery for providing the space for us to do this. Thank you for Walter to Walter Martinez. Uh, absolutely, they could have provided a heater. Yeah, yeah they, or some Jesus, insulation. It's cold. Let, let's drop Twitter handles. Yes, let's do it. Uh, so what? we are at Dallas Soccer Show. This is a thing. Walter's at El El Kimiko L underscore Kimiko. That's too yeah. complicated. No, it's no not. one's gonna remember that. Yeah. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put them on everybody's Twitter. Don't, don't show notes. Say If you it. want my Twitter account, this is Jonathan. Just hit up El Camino, and then he'll let you know. El Camino. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new All name. Right. I like that. I'm right, at real Donald Trump. Oh, we have opinions. Drive safe, everybody. Thank you for listening. Peace out, guys. Peace out. Guys.